Welcome to Ghostly. Is the house of death haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. As always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. So what's been going on, Rebecca? Well, we've been working really hard on a lot of exciting things. Exactly, yeah. We we have uh, our first episode of Ghostly X. Yeah, you know. That came out. When that when that came out, I have to say, uh, the, like the first day that it came out, I suddenly felt really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, you you definitely laid laid yourself out there for people. Yeah, but I don't usually feel nervous about what I say, you know, like that, mm-hmm. like to that degree. And it was very strange for me. Yeah. Well, it was. I think it was touching and uh, really. Uh, uh, a good interview, and I, I believe that a lot of people are going to connect with your story or parts of your story. Well, I hope so. And uh, and it was fun to uh, be able to talk about paranormal news, yeah, and uh, share comments from listeners. Oh, that was with so the great. votes because that isn't something that we have room to do here on a regular ghostly episodes i mean we do but then some people get mad at us that we were taking too long to get into the episode so just for you know those people that aren't aware um ghostly x the first two episodes are on your ghostly feed same thing you listen to this on you could listen to those first two episodes and we will be recording rebecca's uh soon and that will be out next week and um isn't that scary? Next week. <laughs> yeah, and, it's coming up. <laughs> and uh, after that, then it's Patreon only. Yeah, and we've and got some exciting interviews planned for, for next month. We, we totally do. So uh, we do have some shout outs. Oh, wait, really quick. I just want to give every... I'm not going to give specifics, but I'm just going to say we we have been working very hard on an event. Oh, yes. That is coming up in February. Well, I mean, we could talk about it a little bit. What, I mean, it event? should be coming out uh, this week. All the all the details. It's actually already on Facebook, for that matter. Um, it's called Dark Matter Winter Tales. Do you have to say it like that? I think so. Dark Matter Winter <laughs> Tales. Dark Matter Winter <laughs> Tales. I feel like I'm rich then when I say that. <laughs> lovey, Dark Matter, lovey. <laughs> well, it's going to be... I went pinky up on that you one. You did too. go pinky up on that one. Uh, no, it's going to be an amazing podcast festival, all spooky, scary stuff. Um, and actually, it's really more than just a podcast festival. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? It is, because there's going to be a paranormal investigation by Gra- Graveside Paranormal. Who we love. And they're actually yeah, going to do a workshop yeah. on how to do a paranormal investigation. I, I can't wait for this whole event. And this is the last weekend of February. So February 25th and 26th. And Ghostly will be uh, doing a live episode on the 25th. Yeah. Oh, oh, and the Mayfields will be there doing tarot card readings. And Bob After Dark will be there. It just and uh, this amazing show that I love listening to called Radio Lucifer is going to be there. Uh, just I, I, 
I don't know. That's just a few. There's yeah, graphic there's, there's tales. Yeah. I mean, just so many, so many things. So there's going to be a uh, true crime podcast true out crime there called, podcast. called Bad Taste. Yes. And yes. we've seen them live. We've worked with them. Yeah, we have. Uh, so it's going to be great. Uh, just be look out, look out for on uh, this on social media. Yeah. Um. Right now, as far as I know, it's going to be, it's going to be at Side Street Side Street Studio Arts in Elgin. Um. We'll see about what else might be happening, but for now, yeah, we're working on some streaming options. So for now, yeah. that's where it's at. Uh So if you haven't followed us on social media, so uh, all Facebook, you have to do is find Insta, Ghostly Podcast on any one of those, Twitter, yeah, any of the things, except Reddit. We're not on Reddit. No, and I ha- we have a TikTok, but we really haven't done anything on the TikTok. Yeah, not like bones or no bones. Yeah, we're not that cool. But yeah. we should uh, do ghost or no ghost, and it's always no ghost. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You've now sparked an idea, <laughs> and that might be our TikTok account. Ah, nice. We'll have to see. Okay. Okay, so we do have some shout outs. <laughs> there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer those five-star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way, Rebecca, is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. We have a few different tiers to choose from, some as low as $1, up to $10. Yeah, so not much, and you get a ton of content and special things and all sorts of fun stuff depending on the tier you pick. Yeah, how many cups of coffee would $10 a month be? Well, it depends on how fancy your coffee is. For me, actually, it would probably be, uh, you know, five or six because, you know, I just like coffee. I oh, don't yeah. need special I like stuff. The fancy stuff. For you, it would be maybe one. <laughs> maybe one, yeah. Okay, so uh, you want to start with the shout outs? Sure. Uh, okay, so we have Carmen. And we have Nicole. Darnia. Jessica. Melanie. And we have Maria. Sarah, Jody, Linda, and Alice. They all joined us on Patreon uh, since the last episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Yes. It means so much. We are halfway to our goal to um, make Ghostly self-sufficient, where it it pays for itself. It doesn't cost us any extra money. So yep. we're really excited about that. And we're really excited about future things after we've you know come to that full uh, self-sufficiency area that we can do for our listeners. Yeah, we have more goals. We do. It's like a Kickstarter. Yeah. We're just starting with the basics. And if we are lucky enough to move beyond that, we've got more things. Yeah, yeah. but first we have to cover our own costs. <laughs> Start there. So, uh, so I'm assuming we have listener mail because we always do, Rebecca. We do, we do. Um, so we are going to finish, or not finish, I'm so sorry. We are going to continue Mackenzie's story. So we started this in our last episode, the Entity House episode. But we will not finish it. And we're not going to finish it because honestly, Mackenzie, love you. This is a very long story and it's a spooky story. (laughs) So uh, I want to break it up for us a little bit. So we'll read the, um, the next one on a future episode. Yes. Okay. You got it. Uh, So last episode, we learned about how her house is old and surrounded by tragedy. Uh, This includes a fire that happened across the street and a phantom smoke smell Mm, that they had in their house. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we're breaking it up. So this is part two. All right. A few months ago, my seven-year-old came downstairs to tell me someone rang her doorbell. She has a battery-operated doorbell on her bedroom door for fun. She said her door was wide open and no one was there when it rang. 
I brushed it off. I know I suck. Side note, Mackenzie, you do not suck. That's mm-hmm. totally normal. It's kids, electronics, it's fine. Um, and told her it was probably one of her younger siblings messing around. A few days later, our entire family was in the kitchen getting ready for the morning, and my husband came in from the front room and was like, I just heard Madeline's doorbell ring. I went upstairs and did everything I could to get the doorbell to ring without pushing the button. I tapped all around it, wiggled the cords, opened and shut the door. It only rang when I pressed the button. Madeline was very pleased with the ghost that day for proving her point. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a few days. I'm sitting alone in the house with all the TVs off, actually researching the history of our area on the computer. It's dead quiet. And suddenly I heard a man's voice behind me. It caught me off guard and wasn't clear enough for me to know what was said. I was immersed in the computer. So I jumped out of my skin and turned around, but no one was there. There was no one else in the house. It sounded like a man trying to get my attention, maybe a little disgruntled. A couple of days later, I am alone inside again. This time, I'm sitting on our couch, drawing in the dead silence again. Our living room looks like our dining room, separated by pocket doors that were open. We have a floor buzzer, which was used to ring uh, for the staff in the kitchen when something was needed. Oh, the staff. Yeah, if if I remember correctly, this was... Built by, it was, there was some very big factory and this was a place where very rich people lived. I remember correctly from last time. Uh, Okay. So it's at the head of the table. The buzzer in the kitchen went off. It has never, ever gone off unless you step on the button on the floor. It's loud. So there was no mistaking it. I love that it's on the floor and not like on, like under the table or something. Cause like. Well, rich It'd be people, more discreet. Rich people don't want to have to lift their hands to do anything, so they just step on it. Then, exactly. You know? Much easier. Yeah. All right. A couple of weeks later, I came home on a Friday, and my husband is like, you are not going to believe what happened to me. He said he came inside from the garage to turn on our AC so it would start to cool down the house. He was about to switch on an AC unit when he heard a Velcro sound behind him. He turned around just in time to see our pagan wheel of the year calendar fly off the wall. Oh, I used to love my pagan wheel. Of the, I, I used to love that calendar. <laughs> I wondered if you would recognize yeah. that. Uh, landing in the middle of our foyer. This thing was held up by several heavy duty 3M Velcro strips. I yank on it and I have since then, and I can't get it to just come off. It was hanging there for months and never budged. He goes back out to the garage and comes back in a few minutes later to grab something he left. He opens our kitchen door and sees the curtain that covers our hallway cleaning closet, more of a nook in the hallway, being held open by nothing. There's nothing there, but it looks as if the curtain is being held up so someone can look in the nook. It dropped a second later. He is more of a skeptic than I am, and he had goosebumps telling me the story. Wow. That's really interesting. So more to come. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for that. I can't wait to hear the third part in a future episode. Uh, so we always want to hear your stories. To send us a story, you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form on ghostlypodcast.com. You can also... Uh, do our favorite method, Rebecca. What is it? Yeah, you can actually just mail us. You can f- snail mail it. 
Snail mail. Yeah. I mean, you could type it up and print it, whatever yeah. you need to do, but we love actual mail. Uh, you can send it to us at P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And if you miss that, you're driving, something like that, don't worry. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Contact Us and... It'll all be there. Or is it even at the bottom of every page? Yes, it is. It is in the footer. It's there. Just go check it out. All right. So let's just get into the episode then. I'm so excited for this one. Uh, You always forget that we have to do our polls. No. No, we don't. We don't need to keep doing these polls. Well, that's kind of like one of the big points of Ghostly. All right. If you if you have to do it, then I guess let's just rip the Band-Aid off again. Let's do it. All right. The last episode, we talked about the Entity House in L.A. We had yes, 52.6% and mm. no, 47.4%. So very close. Yeah. And I will tell you that I've updated these stats on the Ghostly site. Uh, and looking at them, you know, overall average... Yes is our 50-something 2% or something like that. It's very close to these numbers here. And no is like 40-something percent because we had a small time when we allowed maybe, which I really think we should go back to because I won more episodes then. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of interesting. We do lean a little bit more believer, but not by much. Yeah, pretty no, we're even. definitely, yeah, we're pretty pretty even. What was our rating for the, the Entity overall House? overall rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people can vote on how haunted they believe things are. One being not haunted at all and 10 being the most haunted place ever, 4.53. Okay. So, so it's not the most haunted. So far, the most haunted, Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. As far as the listeners go. Definitely. So if you want to be part of our polls, which we want you to, we would love for you to be part of it, go to ghostlypodcast.com, click on the polls button and just Answer a couple of questions and you're there. Yeah, it's really quick. Uh, we love it if you want to leave a comment. Because yes. uh, again, we want to talk about those on Ghostly X. And we just want to hear what people have to say. You don't have to leave a comment, but we love it. Uh, but yeah, just go out there, vote, talk talk about it with your family and friends. Hopefully everyone's listening to Ghostly and you guys can debate and then everyone can go vote. Uh, we love it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're back on our most haunted series. In this series... We want to celebrate the cities that have given us the most downloads, so we decided to do an episode on one of the most reportedly haunted locations in each one of those big cities. And that leaves us with New York City. So New York City has a bunch of reportedly haunted spots. In the top five, I saw the name House of Death. (laughs) So I was really interested in that one. That one definitely piqued my interest right there. Uh, And I I just had to make it our pick then. So I was totally unaware of this location and it's super dark and twisted history. I would definitely say that I'm glad I picked this one. So there's a lot going on with this place. Well, maybe. (laughs) The House of Death is located in a very nice area in Greenwich Village and the building itself looks really nice. You've seen some pictures of it, right? Oh, yes. Very fancy. Would you want to live there? Uh, it is a beautiful place. I don't know if I'd want to live there, uh, but the neighborhood seems, you oh, know, yeah. like there's, there. well, I should say, you'll tell us about the neighborhood, but there were a lot of famous people that have lived all around that area. Mm-hmm. Emily Post lived like next door to this house oh, wow. and Edgar Allan Poe lived in a house yeah. on this street. So lots of famous people. Well, and think about this too, is now it's 10 apartments. 
Mm. And at one time, this was just one house. Yeah. So, so that's a big house. That was a pretty big house. And I could have definitely, that would have been great. Um, so as I said, I'm definitely glad we picked this one. Sitting in the middle of this neighborhood, though, that's what gets me is this mm-hmm. place that's has got such a dark history is in the middle of such a nice neighborhood. Does everybody even know that such bad things have happened here? Uh, you know, I, that's that's an interesting question. And I have some thoughts on it that we'll see as we go forward. Okay. Um, there's been some some th- reports of things. So, we'll-, well, I am not sure that everyone knows. And um, but at the very least, you will know now. That's true. If By listening to this episode. So I do want to say that uh, I do want to post a trigger warning here uh, that we will be talking about suicide and child abuse throughout kind of the episode. Uh, so listener discretion is advised definitely in this one. Um, if you think you could handle it, proceed with caution. There you go. So you got a ghost story, I'm sure. I do, I do. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. I need to write this down before I start doubting my memory. I'm pretty sure once I tell the story to my friends, they'll tell me I'm being silly and that I didn't see what I saw. But I did see it. I'm a dancer in New York, and this musician that I've known for months asked me if he could take photos of me in his apartment. I know, I know, sounds shady, but I promise it wasn't. He's known to people I know, and I've seen his work. He's good, and I felt safe. It turns out that I should have been scared not of him. I got to his apartment and we chatted for a while. It was fine, but the lights would flicker every so often. He apologized, but he looked kind of shifty. (laughs) He said, this place has a lot of stories and the lights sometimes do this. Um, I mean, it was weird that the lights flickered, but I just thought it was bad wiring. And then he mentioned stories. I definitely thought that was odd, but not odd enough to leave. If only I had. So then he left me in the living room for a few minutes to go get his camera equipment, and I sat on the sofa. I opened my purse and got out a mirror and some makeup to touch myself up. I was looking at my compact when I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I looked over and I saw a cat walking by. I love animals. So I immediately set down my compact and I put down my hand and made a little clucking noise to get her to come by and say hi. I don't know how to say this next part. I guess I just have to say it. That cat looked at me, head towards me, eyes on me, and then it disappeared. Not like it ran away, like it faded away. I screamed and stood up, pointing at the spot where the cat was. No one else was there, but that's all I could do. I looked up from where the cat had been just in time to see a woman in white float through the wall. 
I mean your classic ghost, a feral, wispy, old-fashioned woman in a white dress floating in the air, and she just floated through a wall out of the room. I'm not even sure if I screamed again or said anything. I just started frantically grabbing my stuff. The photographer came running into the room. I assume he had heard my scream from the disappearing cat and asked me what was the matter. I don't even know what I told him. I just pointed and I I think I just blurted out that I had to leave. His answer shocked me to my core. He said, oh, did you see the woman? I'm sorry. She likes to travel around the building like that. She really doesn't mean any harm. I promise. This man lives with this. I just said again that I had to leave and I got out of there. He looks so disappointed. I have this feeling that this has happened before. Not sure how I would warn others about this. I suppose some would like it. But me? I am staying far away from that building. All right. So there was a woman in white in your story. <laughs> yes. Rebecca. <laughs> Couldn't. Mm. Uh, this, is, this is based on an account by someone that lives in the building. So I'm assuming we're going to be talking about a woman in white in the debate. You are and, correct, my friend. Oh, I don't want to talk about women in white. Haven't we argued her enough? I, you know, if she's there, <laughs> I got to talk about her. <laughs> You just like to bring it up. Whenever <laughs> anybody sees any white thing, you bring up the woman in white. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a short break. And when we return, it's time for the Pat Facts. Pat Facts! Throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of great people. People that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. And it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project, and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show. This beautiful New York brownstone at 14 West 10th Street in New York City was built in 1856, so just five years before the Civil War. 
If you look at the building, the reddish-brownish bricks hides its dark history. And I love to watch videos of people selling New York apartments and townhouses and stuff. And I couldn't even imagine the current market price for something like this, right? I mean, those places go for an outrageous amount of money. And anybody that lives in New York City, man, I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> uh, lots of roommates, I would, I would imagine. But maybe I actually could imagine this one because Zillow has one of the apartments listed at $5,056 a month for a one-bedroom, one-bath, 1,000-square-foot apartment. Wow. I mean, again, we're talking about like how big this house must be. I mean, to have each apartment be $5,000 a month and a one-bedroom, one-bath. I mean, And if each of them were 1,000 square feet? Well, I think when they say apartments, I think it's 14 um, West 10th Street and 16 West 10th Street. Yeah, they are, I think, kind of combined. I yeah, think. I think so. But I'm not I'm uh, not 100 because yeah. I've never been there. But anybody looking for an apartment uh, in New York City, you know, I guess that's a good deal. I guess. <laughs> I mean, you're paying for the neighborhood though, right? Yes. So when you think of New York City, it's hard to imagine owning a car. Because there's like no places to park there, you know? I've seen the Seinfeld. Uh, Yeah. And you would probably take the subway, right? Yes. So uh, the subway probably wouldn't even be there today if it wasn't for James Borman Johnston. He founded the Metropolitan Underground Railway, which is an ancestor of the modern day subway system. So I found that really interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Johnston passed away... His widow and their children moved in the house. Oh, okay. So now, they must, I mean, they must have had some money. I guess, yeah. I, I guess. mean, yeah, he created, you know, an underground railway. So yeah. yeah, I would imagine so. There's no paranormal stories from them, but it's one of the interesting owners of the house that I thought I'd point out that a lot of the sites talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, most notably, this house has um, been seen as bad luck or negatively affecting its residents. Mm, okay. So the bad stuff seemed to start with Fred Andrew, who was a fairly well-known cyclist in the late 1800s. The first event took place on August 9th, 1897. So Andrew was out on his bike and he hit some young boy. Wow. The boy ended up breaking his leg in this accident and Andrew was arrested for reckless behavior. Oh, okay. So he, okay. I thought you were going to tell me like he killed a kid, so that's good. No, no, he, just... he didn't kill him, but, but still, but he was still arrested. Yeah. Uh, so one of the next residents of the house was Mark Twain. You've heard of Mark Twain, right? I have heard of Mark Twain, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, we've always wanted to do a Mark Twain episode, and we might still do one at some point. So I'm just going to stick to the house details here. Not going to go off on details about Mark Twain. Right. Uh, he lived in the house from 1900 to 1901. Uh, Just under 12 months, I think, they said. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, if you look at the historical marker in the front of the house, it proudly states that Mark Twain lived there. I mean, hey, you you got to embrace that. So 1900, 1901, this was after, you know, he became famous, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, Well, Mark Twain lived there. He really didn't do much but write. Um, During this time, he was pretty desperate for money. So we didn't pay our authors enough money back in those days. <laughs> I don't know that we, st- I still don't know that we do, but yeah. some, some 
some make some good money. But, but. I mean, Mark Twain's written classics, so. Yeah. And he was famous in his lifetime. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so he was so broke that he almost had to file for bankruptcy at this point. Wow. And a lot of people don't know this, but Mark Twain suffered from bad bouts of depression, as a lot of great artists do. Even though Mark Twain was a skeptic, he wrote about a possible paranormal experience during this time. Ooh. And at the house. Oh, okay. All right. uh, One night, Mark Twain noticed a piece of firewood moving on its own. And what do you do when you see a piece of firewood moving on its own? You pull out your gun. (laughs) And you shoot it. Oh, okay. And he was assuming that the wood was being moved by a rat. Oh, sure. The shot uh, actually made drops of blood appear, which uh, Mark Twain assumed was rat blood. No other tenants of the house have reported any issues with rats, though. Okay. Um, And by the way, Mark Twain does maintain that the blood was of a rodent and not of a ghost, because ghosts don't bleed. I yeah, it's a <laughs> that is a very odd story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to include it. It was in there. No, it's a it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, I wanted to share a story that I read about uh, him when he was living in the house that actually I think makes a little more sense uh, after you've told us that he was pretty desperate for money at this point. Okay. So, <laughs> um. This is from a website called Dayton in Manhattan. Dating so, in Manhattan? Dayton, D-A-Y-T-O-N. Okay. okay. I thought uh, it was like a dating site. No, like, hey, no. Mark Twain's out there dating. <laughs> uh, so he writes that Twain was living here when one of his maid servants, Kate Leary, was overcharged by a cab cabman um, by 50 cents uh, for a ride home from Grand Central Station to the house. When Twain confronted the man about the dollar fifty fare, it should have been a dollar, the cabbie gave him a false cab number and fled. Twain's butler chased the cab on foot to get the correct number. William Beck, that was the name of the cabbie, soon realized that 50 cents was not worth the wrath of Mark Twain. <laughs> I definitely think 50 cents is not worth the, you know, the wrath. Though back then, that was a lot of money. I mean, fifty cents is not worth the rap. Well, I suppose that's true because, despite that, talking about the rapper. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, rap. I, I didn't get that. I'm sorry. Fifty cents. I'm sorry. I don't know you personally. I so. yeah, sorry. Um, but despite the small amount, Twain actually took the cabbie to court to prove the point. Like he was like, you, you know, no, you can't do that, mm-hmm. and it resulted in this poor guy losing his cab license. <laughs> Now, I mean, again, I shouldn't say maybe he was a, you know, guy who was trying to to steal people out of money all the time and it was a good thing. But uh, anyways, I guess Twain, when he was leaving the courtroom, said, what a damn fool that cabman was. <laughs> he said it like that, too? That's exactly what he said. Yep. Wow. Jeez. Uh, so there were a few more residents of the house. But in 1937, it was converted into apartments, which allowed more people to have all this bad luck that everyone seems to have there. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to have bad luck, you might as well do it in a beautiful apartment in Greenwich Village, which is a really nice neighborhood in New York. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about Jan Bryant Bartell. Uh, now, I've heard conflicting stories here. Okay. I heard that she moved in with her daughter. But in other things, I hear that she didn't have a daughter and that it was her husband. 
And it's really weird. Mm. Uh, but from my research, I found out that it was her husband. It was her husband, not her daughter. She never had a daughter. Correct. I, that that okay. was my research as well. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to point that out that some articles say that it was her daughter. So uh, they moved in in 1957. Jan was an interesting woman. She was an actor. She was a writer. And she was a, it was, she was a psychic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, those three, you know, play well together, I would <laughs> say. Uh, Jan had a lot of spiritual encounters while staying at the house of death. She would write about every encounter and actually made a book about it called um, Spindrift, Spray from the Psychic Sea. Interesting title. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Fred was Jan's husband. He was a World War II combat veteran. He suffered from PTSD, which made it very difficult for their marriage. And also Jan herself struggled with bouts of depression. Fred managed several upscale New York restaurants, so it didn't stop him from, you know, being a a successful um, person in New York. And according to others that lived in the building, Jan was very spoiled and neurotic. It is believed that Jan tried to commit suicide while living in the apartment. Well, yeah, Jan definitely struggled. Definitely. Jan and Fred couldn't have children. They adopted a dog, and... The dog didn't seem to like the apartment either. So in 1973, the neighborhood was starting to change. The rent was increasing. And when I say change, this is actually for the better. It was starting to change, becoming an even nicer neighborhood. The rent was increasing, and Fred and Jan just couldn't afford the apartment anymore. Besides, they felt that the apartment had such a negative effect on both of them and on their marriage. So they moved to New Rochelle, where they bought a house. So after moving in, Jan committed suicide on June 18th, 1973, just before her book got published. Now, I had not read that it was for sure that, like the cause of death. I did not read that, but that doesn't, I'm going to trust your historical research on this one. Yeah, I found several articles that say that she committed suicide, but some of them make it look like she committed suicide in the house of death. Oh, no, that's not true. Which she didn't. They moved. They had moved before then. They had moved, yeah. Um, So the last that I can find of a resident having issues was, (laughs) this is a bad one here. This is Joel Steinberg. Issues. Yeah. Um, Steinberg lived in the the home in the 80s with his wife, Hida Newsbaum, and their two children, Lisa and Mitchell. Hida called 911. On November 2nd, 1987, after finding Lisa not breathing in the kitchen. When the authorities arrived, Lisa was found nude on the kitchen floor. Mitchell was restrained in his playpen in a soiled diaper, and Hida was covered in bruises as well. An insane amount of drugs were also found, including pot, cocaine, and crack pipes. Lisa was taken to a nearby hospital but would never again regain consciousness. She was taken off of life support after three days. Her cause of death was ruled to be blunt force trauma to the head. What was uncovered in the investigation is shocking. Joel abused his family often. On the day of the murder, Joel was on a cocaine binge. But it it was also discovered 
something else that was a little weird too. Lisa was illegally adopted. Her biological mother paid Joel to find Lisa a decent family. And also Mitchell was illegally adopted too. Hida agreed to testify against her husband in order for them to drop all charges. And Joel was convicted of second degree manslaughter. But he's out of jail now. Great. Yeah. Um, so that's all that I found about the New York City House of Death. Whew. I mean, that whole last story there, I mean, obviously devastating, sad, and it's shocking, but also sadly not shocking. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I did read that some of the neighbors had reported um, abuse um, before this, at least against um, the, his wife. Um, but uh, it, you know. I, I'm just surprised that they didn't do anything then once they found out that there was abuse going on. Well, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. Still today. Yeah. So it's sad. But uh, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of sad things at this house for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you have anything else to add as far as history goes? No, I think everything else I have is going to be more in the debate. So we're good on <laughs> my end for now. Okay, uh, so we're going to take a small break and then we will come back with the debate. Hello, ghostly listeners. Rebecca here. It's been a while since I've read you a creepy bedtime story, but it's time to bring this spine-tingling good time back. Join me on Patreon for exclusive new readings of classic ghost stories. Every month, I'll be reading frightening tales from my favorite authors. A perfect way to go to sleep with the sweetest, most terrifying dreams. Join Ghostly's new Patreon by visiting ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on Patreon on the menu bar so you don't miss any of my creepy bedtime stories. Talk to you soon. It's time for a debate. Oh, I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I thought we would start with a discussion of Mark Twain's story about the moving log in the fire or fire, lo whatever, firewood. Fire log, yeah. Fire log that he shot <laughs> <laughs> and it bled. Uh, so what do you think? Was it a rat? Hmm. Well, you know, those Impossible Burgers are made of plant-based stuff, and they bleed. That's true. So maybe he had an Impossible Burger. <laughs> no, I, you know, he said that it was a rat. I mean, do you find Mark Twain to be a credible person? Well, he didn't claim to see a rat. He just said that he thought it must be that because he didn't think it could be anything else. Yeah. 
I'm going to go with Mark Twain on that. I think it must have been a rat. I actually don't necessarily always find Mark Twain a credible person Whoa. in that he was a very sarcastic person. Yeah. So it was not always easy to know when he was telling the truth or stretching the truth. How um, much Mark Twain have you read? I mean, not as many as some, oh. more than others. Probably more than me. <laughs> uh, I've read Huckleberry Finn, right? Yeah. That's, that's about it. That's that. And is I don't even think them. I read that whole thing completely. Mm. I think I read enough to pass the test in high school. Maybe. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Sawyer. Yeah, I mean, I heard this song, Tom Sawyer. Does that count? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, you know, but regardless, I this one's difficult for me. I mean, there's no other reports of logs moving on their own. Um. Yeah, blood doesn't really seem to fit a ghost yeah, paranormal I thing. I, I don't know how much blood even. It doesn't sound like there was a must have can't have been a lot. Yeah, and you know, I wonder about his mental state at that time too. I mean, to chase after a cabbie for fifty cents. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, like he. I don't know. I I think. Um, because he was really depressed and just working a lot during that time. That's all that he did there. He didn't really do much else. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's your rating? I'm going to have to go a one on this one. Ooh, a one. I was going to go three. Three. Okay. You're yeah. pretty low. That's... Pretty low. I, this doesn't seem super credible to okay. me. Yeah. Now, uh, let's move on, though, because there's also reports of Mark Twain's ghost being mm. sighted in the house. Okay. Most often by the staircase, but there is one story that's pretty specific. So I thought that would be one we could talk about. Okay. So a superintendent of the building told this story. Mm -hmm. He said on the ground floor back in the 1930s, a mother and a daughter, um, a young woman, were sharing an apartment. The mother comes into the living room one evening before the lamps are lit, and she sees a man with white hair, wild-like. He's sitting in a chair looking out the window and she says, who are you and what are you doing here? And he says, my name is Clemens and I got problems here. I got to settle. Hmm. Before they could answer him back, he disappears. No one knows what he could be referring to or why he would necessarily be haunting this house because he didn't die there. Um, but yeah. that's the story. Now, did he ever... Um, write any characters named Clemens or anything? That's his real name. Oh, that's his real name. His okay. real name is Samuel Clemens. Sam oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, but why would he go by his last name then? I'm not going to be like, my name is Harrington and I, you know. Well, I think back then maybe, that would yeah. be maybe more common than it is now, but. Yeah. I don't know. Um. And also, too, I never like when it's a story coming from somebody that heard it from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I have not heard any firsthand accounts of this woman speaking out about this. So I don't know. I don't find this to be very credible either. Um, I don't even like I don't even think that this happened. <laughs> I mean, like, like a lot of times I'm like, well, I think it was this that caused this. This could have just been all just made up. 
You know, you see the name Mark Twain on the house, you want to have like a Mark Twain story, right? (laughs) I don't know if that's a, I, 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 you know, I'm not sure if that would be appealing or not to have that, but uh, I don't know. This one to me, I mean, again, why would you make this up? This scene, and 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 again, there are other reports of seeing his ghost. This is just the most specific one I could find. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to go low on this one. I'm going to go zero. Okay. I think it was all hogwash. Oh, I, I got to give this one a six. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a little weird, but, you know, I mean, may, maybe it wasn't Mark Twain who this person saw, but it definitely seems like this is a, a, a figure. Um, That's that- if you believe any of the superintendents telling <laughs> of these two two women. Again, that's hey, those are the people, man. They're the ones that get the stories. I mean, this wasn't printed in some book or something. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody made money on it. All right, what else you got? <laughs> All right. The next two pieces of evidence come from Bertel. Okay. The one who was the psychic and the actress, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, so she had a lot of different paranormal claims that she talked about. Mm-hmm. One of the most dramatic is when she saw a male entity standing in a hallway. So she claims, she turned she turned in, she turned around the corner, she sees this entity, and I think because she's a psychic, maybe she wasn't as scared. So she actually reached out and touched it. Mm. And this is how she described that experience. Quote, a substance without substance, chilly, damp, diaphanous as marsh mist, or a cloud of ether. I could feel my fingers freeze at the tips. They were numb, and yet they tingled. In the split second between contact and recoil, the scent came, fragrant and languorous, and sweet, unbearably cloyingly sweet. Hmm. I think she took a lot of liberties there with some of her language. (laughs) Um, But I'm just going to say... That, um, I'm sorry, I really, I have to question her state of mind during her time living at the house of death. Um, she was, she was suicidal. And when I say that she, there's been reports that she tried to commit suicide, it was several uh, times that she tried to commit suicide. And these reports, um, are numerous. So they're not just a couple, they're numerous reports of her. In fact, I found an article just about her, and in that article, uh, they said that too. So, mm-hmm. um, which had nothing to do with paranormal or the house or anything like that. And her ultimate demise was by suicide too. So, I, I question what kind of state of mind she was in while she was living in the house, and how susceptible she was to, um, having these kind of visions of things you know if she's claiming to be psychic maybe this is a psychic vision and not really that although i don't don't believe that either but i'm just saying i i think i i think that it was something for her to do while she was living in this house and was to tell stories of the paranormal, and I, I believe that this didn't even happen. Interesting. Yeah. 
Okay. So I'm going to go zero on this one. Mm, okay. Uh, I give this one a seven. Okay. I almost went eight, but I'm going to go seven uh, because, again, she's not the only one to see entities in the house. She's just the only one that ever reported trying to touch one. Yeah. Uh, and it's really creepy to me to hear her talk about what she felt with it. Well, I commend her on trying to touch it because if a spirit was right in front of me, I would try that. Yeah, right? I mean, that was, you know, That's she... That's what I get mad about is that people run from these things and never confront it. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's not really there. Maybe you just see it out of the corner of your eye and, and think it's there and you get so spooked that you run away. And that adds to that story then, right? That's like you have the fight or flight instinct mm-hmm. going on. And, you know, I don't know. Yep. But she she recorded all of the, her sightings. Again, recorded you know. Recorded means writing. She not, wrote it down. She didn't do audio recordings or anything like that. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but this was, and again, there's just, there's oh, as always, there's too much for us to talk about mm-hmm. in this. I mean, she did call it investigators and there's a lot you can read about that. But um, I think that this to me was the most, one of the most compelling yeah. pieces of evidence. I believe they lived in the penthouse too of the, um, of the house of death. So yeah. they had a nice place up there too. Yeah. So now, and, and her husband also reported experiencing things, not that specific one that we just heard um, but he was a part of this next one Um, so another experience they had was the smell of rotting food so they would they would smell this Mm -hmm. and they would even have it appear so they would actually see food that they had not bought and it was already rotting Mm. so a specific example that I read about was a phantom shriveled grape that is singular Yes, just one grape wow. that appeared in the dead center of a clean dinner plate, even though the couple hadn't bought grapes in months. So it's like they come in the kitchen <laughs> and there is a like grape sitting on a plate that they hadn't bought and was rotting. Okay, well, I mean, again, we are talking about a woman that suffered from severe depression and her husband that had PTSD and I just, and add on top of this, that they're fighting constantly and like they believed it was a lot to do with the house, but they were still fighting after they moved from the house. Uh, It was, you know, that they had mental illnesses that weren't compatible with each other, I would say. And that caused them to be always, you know, at, at odds against each other, always butting butting heads. And um, I just think that they overlooked that they had bought something like this. And the single grape on the plate, I think that they had that. I that I don't I I don't believe that they forgot that they bought grapes. I they don't I don't think that that would be that'd be a that's I don't know. I don't believe that for me. But do I think th- I know we we said earlier that not a lot of rat issues, but it is New York. Yeah. So do I think that there could be rats or other vermin that are storing food, grabbing it from other apartments, sure. doing weird things with it? You know, I can't dismiss that as yeah. a possibility. You know, um, and th- these are 
So the other things that we've talked about as far as like seeing a, an entity, again, multiple reports, people have different stories about it, but they they have that. No other people reported rotting food. Yeah. And I don't know if I would like classify a grape appearing um, on my plate after a meal to be something paranormal too. You know, I, I would, you know, wow, that's weird. I don't remember putting this on there, but who knows? They might have had takeout food and that might have been something that came with it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's I, To me, I don't know. I wouldn't classify that as a paranormal thing. It's an odd thing. But again, I, I think it's easy that they could have just forgotten that they got grapes. So I'm going to go zero on this one as well. I'm going to give it a two. Two. Okay. Yeah, it's that going is the pretty... lowest you've ever gone yeah. in the history of Ghostly. I, I think it is. Wow. Yeah, because Rebecca. it's just, I mean, this one, I mean, I'm sorry. Am but I like, to you? No. Oh, okay. De- this place is definitely haunted. No question in my mind. <laughs> definitely not. But do I think that the rotting food, I mean, mm-hmm. that, to me, that's just, there's too many... It, I don't know. Maybe I should have gone a three, but we're going to keep it the two um, because it just seems like that could be explained again with um, rats or other things in the house, uh, in the, uh, the apartment building. Okay. All right. Last one. Mm -hmm. I had to do it. Hmm. According to the morbid library quote, by far the most reported phenomena in this so-called house of death is a woman in white. The spirit's description varies slightly between accounts. Some people say she wears a nightgown. Some say it's an actual dress. Bertel's visiting medium even mentioned sensing a woman in white. The spirit wanders through the halls, walking through doors. Lights often flicker with no concrete source of the disturbance, which some attribute to the woman in white. There are seemingly no specific identities tied to the woman in white, though this is not surprising to me as many of the alleged spirits are unidentified. All right. So for a house of death, there's not much death that has occurred in this house. Uh, I don't know how it got its name house of death. Well, I don't know for sure, but I will say the medium that that she brought in, that was who claimed that there were 22. Yeah. Yeah. Bertels that uh, claimed that there were had been 22 deaths or there were not that that, there were 22 spirits that lived in the house. Yeah. Because I looked at the history to try to find any, you know, time that somebody died. And the only ones I could find is the one girl Mm -hmm. that died in the house, which is odd for such an old place in New York City, to not have many deaths attributed to it, not even from natural causes. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's called the House of Death, I wanted to figure out where the name came from. Yeah, it's weird. And I could not figure that one out. Um, so given that there's this woman in white, there's no reason for a woman in white to be there. And she changes clothes now? Well, just some um, people describe it, uh, they see it as a nightgown, some think it's a dress. Yeah. But it's white. It's a white, flowy thing. Maybe it's a wedding dress. Could be. I mean, there's not any There's not any reason for there to be this. I mean, so, I, and reason is is something that I look at a lot when, when you're talking about these kind of things. Like, why would there possibly be something like this? And I do think about, you know, did somebody die? Did, did somebody live there that was happy there, that loved the place? That's some of the things we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's interesting with the like the Bertels and stuff is they hated the place. They hated it mm-hmm. um, with a passion. You know, it's like I know Mark Twain actually liked living there. He did. But he was kind of a dark, creepy guy sometimes, though, too. <laughs> he was very similar to an Edgar Allan Poe in as far as, like, creepiness, just not as public creepiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. This is just way out there. Um, so, I don't believe um, Bertel's medium at all. Um because I don't know how they picked it. I don't know the name of anybody. They didn't give any sources of that. So there's no way to check their credibility. Um, I don't know. This, you know, and the lights flickering on and off. This was a old building. This was built in 1856. I mean, I've been in buildings that were built within the last 30 years that the lights flicker on and off. And it can be faulty w- wiring that can cause it. And New York City is known for having problems with their power, too. It's like, this is not something crazy. I don't know. This just seems like just another woman in white that doesn't need to be there. So an eight, that's what your, that's your number? No, I'm 10. I'm totally 10 on this one. No. <laughs> zero, Rebecca. Zero. <laughs> one times zero. Wow. Zero. Okay. Zero to the zero power? Yes. Okay. To the infinite power. <laughs> uh, this one's if, a, a, if I could go negative on this one, I would. Wow. I would go negative 10. Dang. Thousand. Oh. <laughs> All right. For me, it's a seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Too many reports. Too many people seeing the same spirit. Um, you know, the story, the ghost story I told, um, again, that was based on an actual person who lives in the building. Uh, so, yep. It's, there's, there's a... Too many sightings of a woman in white for me not mm. to to give some credibility to it. All right. So what is your overall rating? Okay. So my overall rating for the place is going to be a six. A six. Yeah. Okay. Um, because there, we definitely had some things that were not so high on my list, but, but enough that I think it goes towards being haunted. How okay. about for you? Zero. Okay. Uh, if I can give point, it would be like point. Point two. Oh, okay. Um, because I gave a one. Yeah. And there's five pieces of evidence. So gotcha. Um, yeah, the rest of them didn't sound credible. The one, I don't have enough information to go on, so I give it a one. Okay. Um, so okay, so that brings us to our closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep Rebecca honest. Hey. Because she likes to fib. Rebecca, are you ready? <laughs> yes. You ready to lie? Hey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So I do believe that the house of death is haunted. Uh, there have been quite a few reports of just spirits, whether they be male spirits or this woman in white spirit. Um, you know, again, are all of the claims that people have made over the years for sure, you know, paranormal? No, right? You know, the firewood and the food, you know, I do I do agree that there are explanations for those. Uh, but when it comes to um, uh, the spirits of um, the woman in white, um, again, I, I'm not sure if it's Mark Twain or, you know, but it could, some male spirit of some sort um, was in that place. So, uh, you know, I mean, hey, it's an apartment building in New York, 
A lot of stuff has happened over the years, a lot of tragedy, um, even if it didn't always result in deaths. Uh, it's haunted. All right. You had three seconds left over. There you go. All right. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. Okay. And go. So the funny thing is when I've had a bad day, when I start off my day and I say, this is going to be a bad day, the day continues to be bad. Uh, it's not until I actually stop and say, no, I'm going to have a good day that my day changes. The reason why I bring this up is there's a lot of bad luck in there. Bad luck to me is just that. If you believe that there's bad luck, that's what you're going to get. You're going to you're going to associate everything that's bad happening because of that. And it's not necessarily so. Um, if you say it's going to be good, then you know you have a chance to contribute with that then. But I will like to say that the place is called the house of death. When you uh, live in a place called the house of death, you're expecting death. You're going to get what you expect because your mind will play tricks on you, and I am done. Whoa, you had seven seconds left. Of course. Wow. I don't need as long to prove my side. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I want to thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And if you haven't, then why the heck not? Come on, more stories. So we'll be going back to Chicago for the next episode. Chicago. I'm so excited. Uh, It was hard, though, because we've already done a lot of the most haunted Chicago uh, episodes. But the Chicago Water Tower was on several of the lists. And we have not done an episode, and we've both been there. Yes, we have. I had no idea that it was haunted, but we'll be talking about it on the next episode that comes out on February 2nd. Yes, and we're going to have some awesome guests on that show, so stay tuned. Yeah, plural. Yes. Uh, Remember, though, that the next week we will have another preview of Ghostly X, our Patreon show, but right here, totally free for all listeners. Whether wherever you find Ghostly. And in this next episode, I get the extreme privilege of interviewing Ghostly's number one believer, Rebecca Rivers. Yay! So, Rebecca, do you agree that there's no rules during this interview? Uh, yes, I agree to no rules. Uh, you can ask whatever you'd like. That does not mean that I will answer. Absolutely. But I think we should ask all of our guests that prior to it because I want all interviews to be no holds barred. No holds barred. Yeah. Hey, if you have questions, you know, yeah, that, send or, or send them in or if you've got, or I should, I should say, if you have uh, suggestions of people we should interview, yeah, uh, let us know. Like Mark Twain's ghost? Yes. <laughs> oh, and actually just a little Patreon preview thing. If you are a Patreon, certain levels, you are going to get more Rebecca's creepy bedtime stories. Yes. And this week, I have released one that is a Mark Twain ghost story. Ooh. Uh, He wrote a ghost story. Yeah. And we're going to listen to it. Is it about him shooting a log? No. Oh, man. (laughs) So definitely, uh, you know, if you're interested, you you should check out the Patreon. Absolutely. Uh, I want to give special thanks to our patrons in the VIP level. We have Nicole, Darnia, Jessica, Sarah, Linda, Alice, Austin, Hope, and Candy. Thank you. I want to thank you guys so much for your constant contributions. We really appreciate it. And you've helped Ghostly out a lot. We consider you guys like co-producers of Ghostly. Absolutely. Until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.